The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It's happening. We're proud of ourselves with this one. This is the episode where we solve ghosts. Well, we solve haunted (laughs) houses. We, we solve some. Well, we give one potential explanation for some haunted houses. Is this the one where we all kind of spoon each other and make pottery together while uh, Unchained Melody plays sensuously in the background? <laughs> Don't that was one it. night and you said you weren't going to tell anyone. <laughs> that was just sort of a for instance. You know, I, I, I neither <laughs> oh, confirm yeah. nor deny that this is taking place. <laughs> uh, no, joking aside, this, this is a story about Vic Tandy. Really cool dude. We, we, we actually recently, for a secret project, spoke with his son, also a very cool dude. That's right. So uh, we can't wait to introduce you to Mr. Tandy and his work. And we hope this gives you a new perspective on the things that you've seen go bump in the night, or felt, we should say. From UFOs to ghosts and government cover-ups, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Hello and welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. And I'm Ben. And I am Noel. And most importantly, you are here, which makes this, ladies and gentlemen, another episode of Stuff They Don't Want You To Know. And this is our first time being together in the studio in a a little while, isn't it? Since the turkey times. It's been a lovely holiday break Mm -hmm. for all, except for Matt. No, it was was great. It was good? Yeah. We might have said, I'm sorry. All right, guess what? We're getting into this now. You're going to have to wait on your ghost content, y'alls, because we're going to talk about driving in a car for 12 and a half hours with a baby. Oh, that's right. You was it awesome? That. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You feel like you know yourself? 
better. Oh, yeah. We, I know the whole family. The whole family knows itself, and uh, we are all one. It's good to know. Yeah. That's good. That's I feel good. like I know you better. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> well, at one point, we're driving down the road, and uh, son is in the back, and he is just inconsolable. And we just finished changing him, and he got to feed for a while, and... We're making horrible time. It's supposed to like take eight and a half hours to get down to where we're going, and it was already upwards of ten. So Diana said, "You know what? We're doing this." She just leaned over him and fed him mid uh, drive. I thought you were going to say she chucked him out the window. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not this time. Not yet. It's a little early for that. Good. But yeah, uh, doing some dangerous things on the highway, guys. Mm. And am I going to get in trouble for that? No, I do. Yeah, I, I don't know the law. Maybe no, no. no. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I hope law enforcement has something better to do. Yeah, I guess you're right. But it was terrifying at the same time. So speaking of families and terror, I'm the only one who's going to share about my turkeys, my turkey times. I went to dinner with my mom. We we ate, but we ate a buffet. It was you know. That's very, my favorite kind. Key. It was good. And then we went and saw the new Bond film, which, as it turns out, was called. Specter. <gasps> Speaking of fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, as you have probably noticed from several of the incredibly um, clever hints that we have dropped in the beginning of the episode, today we're going to return to a topic that has interested a lot of our listeners, a lot of our audience, and that we have done a couple podcasts and videos on in the past, and that is. Spooky ghosts. Spooky ghosts. So first things first, what is a ghost? What do, what do we mean when we say, that's a ghost? That's when you leave the party and don't say goodbye to anybody. Okay. <clears throat> I'm sorry, guys. That's just how I am, and that's how I'm going to be. Okay. You oh, oh, God. I, mm, I wish I knew more context about why or which party it happened every party any social occasion you can't just walk around <gasps> and say goodbye to 40 something people you will never be able to leave uh so a ghost is the spirit of a dead person right and it's either not moved on or it's returned from the grave and then you have terms like spirit, and the definitions can vary wildly. Some people describe spirit as a person's soul, while you know, others believe it's more of an energetic imprint that a person leaves behind, sort of a psychic thumbprint that yeah. they leave when they pass on. I like that idea, the idea that perhaps if there is a ghost, then it is the energy of someone who was here before, and it's not necessarily a thing that you can point to like a a ghost or a spirit. It's just this imprint that they've made. I love that idea. And I mean, as we'll talk about later, and I've got a particular story in mind, that can be something physical mm-hmm. that is left mm-hmm. behind and that you then associate meaning, connect meaning to after the fact. And that, you know, I mean, or it could be something a little bit more ephemeral, mm-hmm. as we'll it, get into as well. Exactly. And and one of the great things about this kind of belief, if if you do believe personally in these kind of things, spirits and ghosts, it's not in the fringes at all. This is something that's been around for a long time that a lot of, you know, uh, really intelligent people have believed in. And we talked about it before. And it's also one of those things that 
it's extremely helpful helpful for the human experience to have a belief like this. Yeah, I mean, even yeah. Winston Churchill reported seeing ghosts, the ghost of Abraham Lincoln, while walking into a White House bedroom in the nude. Apparently, Churchill regarded Lincoln um, with a very pithy, oh, Good evening, Mr. President. You seem to have me at a disadvantage. <laughs> That's not bad, though. That's not bad at all. You're working on my Churchill. I wonder yeah. what Lincoln said back. He uh, probably just gave him the dead eyes. According to the story, the uh, apparition of Abraham Lincoln kind of smirked and disappeared <laughs> or smiled. I was close. That's how Churchill said it. Um, so, and interestingly enough, Winston Churchill spent uh, his entire life uh, convinced that he heard certain voices that changed the course of his fate. Wow. And so he blamed a lot of, or not blamed, he attributed a lot of the close calls in his childhood and adult life with these voices saying things like, not that side of the carriage, move to the other side. Whoa. So... Who's to, who's to say, um, for those who believe in psychic powers, uh, there's the idea that maybe Churchill had some sort of sensitivity. His antenna were tuned to a different frequency. Or maybe he was being controlled by extraterrestrials. Or maybe he was slightly schizophrenic. Yeah. Uh, These are, we could take our pick. And we'll get to some of those ideas or causes of seeing ghosts. But another example would be like Arthur Conan Doyle, famous creator of Sherlock Holmes. He was very much a man of his time, and if you were a man of your time at that time, it meant that you thought mediums were the real deal. That's a shame, because, I mean, to have created a character like Sherlock Holmes, who was supposed to be able to just see through the BS that anyone was putting out there, I find it a little bit troubling that, that Sir, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was taken in by these mediums who have you know, pretty, pretty much been debunked across the board. But, but I can imagine that being an exciting, a, a very thrilling just thing to do after work, after you've been writing for a long time. Yeah, go down, and even if it's just pretend, it's almost like you're in a little mini-play. Well, now, we also have to remember, too, that a lot of people were applying critical thought. They were they were just trying to figure it out. They just didn't know all the tricks yet, because all the tricks hadn't been invented mm. yet, you know? Uh, so, they're there were clearly going to be, um, I, I don't know what Doyle's ending, um, ending opinion, yeah, 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 of, of, um, psychic powers was, but I know for a time that he, he did believe it was possible, as did other people of the day, and, uh, as do people now, which might be a good idea for an episode, um, because, a lot of people believe in the afterlife. Belief in the afterlife predates language. Have we talked about mentalists and cold reading and things like that? We have like not that? yet. That's good stuff. I Fascinating th- stuff. I think you wanted to talk about a cold reader. Was it a G? A sh? John? It's John. I'm getting a John. I know a guy named John. I do. I know several Johns, in fact. Holy cow. How did you do that? Watch out. Bless my powers. Oh, man. We should honestly get some people in the studio to do like a reading of us. 
That would be fun for an episode. That would be interesting. Now, not to get too bogged down, I just want to say one more thing just yeah. about, so I know I was kind of ragging on Sir Arthur Conan Doyle about being gullible and being taken in by these mediums, and you brought up the fact that this is something that still happens today. Today it happens usually in the form of reality television shows. Oh, And boy. I did a little side gig, taking it behind the curtain of Noel here, mm-hmm. um, as a uh, sound op for a pilot for a reality show that starred a celebrity psychic. And... Mm-hmm. One of her bits was she had these uh, people would bring family heirlooms out and she would wave her hands around it and say things about the history of the item and as related to the history of the person and their family. And she, you know, she made some people freak out. And I know that they weren't plants because one of them was actually the wife of the guy that was running the production company. And uh, she's definitely a skeptic and it freaked her out to no end. So, you know, but I'm on the fence about some some of these things too, I gotta say. Do you, do you think it was uh, it was possible to explain that? or Because what you're talking about is psychometry. Yes. Right? I definitely think it was possible to explain it. I think there are ways that she could have researched this person and uh, used, you know, especially nowadays with as much information as we put out there on the internet, it's probably pretty Pretty easy for someone that's in a position where they know who's going to be coming mm-hmm. to do a little research. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't want to speak badly about the person who was running the production whose spouse it was, right. but I mean, if you want some good TV or good video, then maybe sneak yeah. a little insider information in. Yeah. But even, even the most skeptical people that, I, that I've met, at least, have, um, have at one point or another had some serious event occur or a dream which seems to predict something. I know you guys have had something like that and mm-hmm. I, I certainly have um in my family. Maybe it's a maybe it's some sort of uh mental illness carried down through the line. But um the big mystery that ghosts are in, uh inextricably related to is of course the afterlife. The big thing that no one can explain, right? We know so little about what ha- we know what happens to our bodies, right? We mm. totally get that part. Everybody knows that part, and uh, our uh, fellow podcasters have done some great and gruesome episodes on what happens to you physically when you die. But the real question that everybody asks and everybody fights over: um, far be it for me to blame war on religion. I'm just saying the big thing is, is there an afterlife, you know, and, uh, and who's in charge of it and who's going to be there. Right. Well, what are the rules to get in? Mm-hmm. It's true. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from the Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, 
Podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 24 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Uh, have you guys watched the new with Bob and David stuff? Heaven's Totes for Real? Heaven's Totes for Real. Mm-hmm. It's Sorry. a good one. No spoilers, yeah, but no, you no, should watch it. Well, it's a good one, though. It's yeah. a good one. It, it, it pertains to, it sort of <laughs> kind of turns on its head these preconceived ideas of who gets to go to heaven. Let's mm-hmm. leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be difficult to explain over an audio podcast. I think so too. So a 2005 Gallup survey finds that at least in the U S and we may have mentioned this in earlier shows, uh, more than one in three Americans believe straight up, believe in haunted houses. Like do not go in there, Janet. I've seen the movie. That place is haunted. It will wear your flesh and a different you will emerge from the gate. Well, and that gives the preconceived notion that it's possible for a location, a physical space, to be haunted by something. Mm-hmm. Whether it's like the the thumbprint model that we described mm-hmm. at the top right. of the show, where something bad happened there and it left behind some bad energy. Mm-hmm. Maybe it doesn't have to be bad. It could be good haunting. But usually, you know, I guess what makes it into popular culture is more the the evil spirits and mm-hmm. the you know scary hauntings mm-hmm. where people are being tormented and things like that. There's more interesting stuff from this poll, too. So people believe that maybe there's a non-haunted place, but given certain circumstances, the ghost of someone can return. Your your grandmother or your grandfather that visited you once when you were three may come back and say, the building's on fire. You know what I mean? Yeah, look out for you. Almost like a guardian angel of sorts, Mm -hmm. but it's someone directly from your past. 21% of the people in the poll uh, believe, like Arthur Conan Doyle did, that it is possible to communicate with the spirits of the dead. Well, and specifically that they could do it, right? That's what the 21% was? Oh, that they have. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That they have had some sort of contact. It's more than I thought it would be. It's more than I thought it would be, too. But these numbers pale in comparison to, uh, to the next statistic. Yes, Ben. 42 of the Americans that were polled believe that, quote, people on this earth are sometimes possessed by the devil. Mm-hmm. And 
We've talked about exorcisms before. Yep. That is, it's interesting because it leads you down a specific belief system, right? A system of belief to believe that the devil exists, first of all, mm-hmm. or Satan, and then that that entity when it is real, can enter, or at least a demon can enter a human body. So are demons ghosts? Is the devil a ghost? Man, there's a lot of minutia there. That's, no. that's I'm, I'm, I'm being rhetorical, but I guess what I'm saying is, I wonder, is there anything in the Bible about ghosts? Uh, yeah, I think there are mentions of ghosts. Uh, one of the first, there, because it's such an old belief, one of the first mentions of ghosts, which we had talked about before, is in the Epic of Gilgamesh. Which, um, that's just a strange name for me, uh, to say. So anyway, it always makes you think of Gargamel. Gargamel, yeah. And why isn't anybody naming their kid Gilgamesh or Gargamel? Huh? And Matt, that was, uh, that was your shot. You really, you know what? I missed it. I I missed it this time. Yeah. No, but seriously, I mean, like, yeah. as far as, you know, you, you're talking about the idea of ghosts dating back to this really, really mm-hmm. early text. Obviously, the Bible is a very important, old text that we, you know, many people rely on daily. Um, and I just wonder with the stats being what they are, with so many people believing in ghosts and believing in the ability to communicate with ghosts, mm-hmm. I wonder what the religious connection is there. And I would just be interested in uh, finding out more about that. Yeah, it's interesting because um, I, I'd like to hear from some people who are perhaps a little more familiar with that because, you know, most of the use of the phrase ghost in the Christian Bible is probably going to be related to the Holy Ghost, exactly. mm. right? I guess what I'm kind of fumbling around to say is that I, I kind of feel like uh, folks that are devout in their religion, uh, in terms of especially Christianity, would be less likely to believe in ghosts simply because the idea of spirits lingering after mm. death sort of goes against the basic principles of, of Christianity in terms of, like, if you did good, you go to heaven. If you did bad, you go to hell. There's really no middle ground. There's no sticking around, as far as what I've read. Got you. Well, it could also, that's interesting bringing up because then there could still be a belief in non-human spirits such as possessive demons or angels, right? Exactly. And in in Islamic tradition, you know, we've talked about this before, it's a fascinating thing to me, there is a third sort of sentient race, right? The the jinn. And um, they're wrought from a smokeless green fire and uh, very different throw the Aladdin stuff out. The Disney film Aladdin is great. Some of the stories in uh, Thousand One Nights, great, but the actual jinn are much, um, much closer to something like a, an angel or a demon. Um, so that, that that's a belief in something that is otherworldly, yet not quite in the afterlife. Um, but that's also an interesting point you raised, too, like if we go back to Christianity, yeah, wouldn't people be much less likely to believe in that? I would. I'm going to go ahead and just really quickly disagree. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I think if you are, if you have that belief system that there is something that is so outside of the normal everyday experience, right? So the the belief that that just through faith. I believe that there's this whole other plane called heaven that exists. Mm-hmm. I believe there's this other plane called hell that exists, perhaps, and all these other things. Like, uh, especially if you believe in some of the parables, if you believe that they are absolutely true to the word, 
then perhaps you could believe that there's this uh, thing that you've never seen before called a ghost, but I absolutely believe that it's there. And maybe, you know, something gets caught up in the in the process and gets left behind. You know, like the, right. like the spirit didn't make it to right. heaven. Hasn't you know? passed yeah, on I can yet. see that. It's just interesting. There's just so, like you said, there's just so many sects. There's so many different belief systems that there are just as many ideas for this stuff as there are, you know, stars in the but, sky. But the, the poll shows that there's no statistically significant differences. Uh, that if you look at age, gender, race region of the country, education, uh, Christians are, if anything, a little more likely to hold uh, generally paranormal beliefs rather than non-Christians. But uh, also, guys, when we say paranormal beliefs, this poll didn't just ask about ghosts necessarily. Sure. And it didn't just ask about um Identifying as, as by your religion, this uh, this asked about you know the belief in the idea of extrasensory perception (ESP). Do you believe that you can read minds? Alan Turing did, by the way. Um, but whether, regardless of religion, the point is that there seemed to be a pretty even slice across demographics. Um, the believing in an afterlife in and of itself is a paranormal belief on the on its face. In that it, can, it hasn't been proven right. in a way that everybody accepts. So what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about a little bit of, um, of hauntings, right? The, here are the facts. And then uh, we're going to talk about, uh, oh, let's see. We can talk a little bit about famous ghost investigations, ghost Sweet. hunters. Uh, and we can tell... A little bit of, maybe a little bit of uh, behind the curtain stuff too. So types of hauntings, described hauntings, you can find all sorts of lists for these things. But then again, with no hard proof of what creates the phenomenon that we call ghosts, uh, it, it, it's tough to say that this is our, anything other than someone's opinion. But we have, we have stuff like uh, Noel's, um, Noel's psychic thumbprint, a residual thing right yeah i mean and, and the way i was talking about at the top of the show um how some of these things that get left behind you could think of it in a couple of ways you could think of it as this energy or this spirit or this thing that was left behind in terms of an, a life force or some sort of like imprint that uh, a person has made that's left behind and you know outlives them uh, i have a little short story i actually think i've told this before on this on the podcast but it was just a moment where i experienced what i thought was that thing and at that moment i didn't i thought it could be nothing but what i thought it was which was proof positive that there is an afterlife that i was witnessing the presence of uh, some sort of spirit and it was uh, a girl i was dating at the time a, a dear friend of hers uh, had passed away in a car accident and i Met this girl, my, my girlfriend at the time, uh, in her car, and it was kind of a cold day, cold evening rather, and so her windows were fogged up, and I got in the car with her to um, go get dinner, and she was, and was kind of sobbing, and she pointed to the inside of the windshield, and then she blew on it, and this girl who had passed away recently, her signature was inside of this windshield, just clear as day, and at that exact moment, I was just like, I freaked out, I just started you know, crying, and it was just this very cathartic moment. And then separated from it, I very quickly realized, well, you know, these girls were good friends. They were, you know, in their late teens, early 20s, the kind of stuff girls do. They, you know, write their name on the inside of a windshield, and you have, like, oils on your fingers that'll cause that residual... <laughs> fingerprint to stick yeah. around. So I just think it's kind of an interesting parallel because it is 
both of those things. You know, it mm-hmm. is not only a um, uh, sort of a memory, sort of a left behind bit of someone's essence or energy, but it was very literally a fingerprint. <laughs> yeah, that's eerie. That's ugh, that's eerie, man. Yeah, I remembered when um, you mentioned that before, and it stayed it stayed with you. And I, I think a lot of people in our audience have had some sort of inexplicable experience, right? You can you can find um, you can find anecdotes, especially surrounding loved ones or family members. Um, you know, the people who say they have a that a feeling, a sudden dark epiphany that someone had passed, and they just knew, right? And it's something that people have, uh, people have attempted to study and in many, but there's no, you know, there's no accepted psychic alarm system, right? So there's that residual type of haunting, the, the kind that's kind of a gif in a place that just repeats and repeats and repeats and repeats. So when you ever, whenever you go to the hotel, you're going to see this, essentially this, same thing occur. This uh, ghostly apparition appears to fall out the window. Yeah, this guy in a bear costume in The Shining. I remember that. Guy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we're a family show, though. It's true, <laughs> but, but that's a perfect example. <laughs> that's a, exactly the right example. Right, uh, someone continually reenacting the moment leading up to their death, for instance, or the ghostly hitchhiker who's always going the same place but never getting there. Going my way. Uh, yeah. Uh, then, then there's the intelligent type of haunting, which is, you know, a someone who is on a mission. You've seen this in Hollywood films a lot. This is what the story of there's this haunting that's occurring, and until – the mission is accomplished like you find out why they died or you get right. revenge for the person that killed them. Like the Lovely Bones, for example. That's sort of what that story is about. Dude. It's about the spirit of a young lady who is killed uh, before her time by a very dangerous criminal you know, who lives mm-hmm. in the neighborhood and goes unnoticed. And her spirit returns so that he can get his comeuppance so that he can't do it to anybody else. That is a trope. you know. And a lot of these things to me are more fictional tropes than scientific things. But that, you know, I, that's just me being the, the skeptic here, I guess. Right. So there's the idea of this love uh, or vengeance. Like the, or crow. the crow. Like the crow would be a, a fictional thing. Uh, and the reason we're relying so, so much so on um, fictional things is because aside from one very dodgy legal case um, centuries ago, which it actually happened, uh, the the law and ghosts don't really interact, you know? Not as much as it would be fun for it to happen. I would totally watch, though, a lot like Law & Order, Ghost Ghost Edition? Yeah. I yeah? Would, I would love to, I would love, that's a million dollars. I want to see one of those no-nonsense Hollywood judge shows you know, with a ghost with a, judge, with a ghost. Judge. <gasps> the judge is a ghost. I thought it would be ghosts coming in to like hear their grievances. This is fertile ground here. Yeah. Matt. Okay. This okay. is spitballing. Yeah. Oh. Here be serpents. We're on the edge of the map, man. This is terra incognita. Uh, those are great ideas. I'm following them away. And there's, you know, people say, well, there's the idea that there could be a demonic haunting, right? And then there's the idea that there could be a, when I say demonic, I mean any kind of non-human thing. And then there's the idea that um, certain locations can be haunted, which we have found is kind of true. 
I know it sounds like we're burying the lead. We'll explain why <laughs> later. And let's not forget about uh, poltergeist, sort of the uh, gremlins of the ghost world. Oh, yeah. And this is where it – okay, just refresh my memory because I think I have an understanding of a poltergeist because of the movies where <laughs> there are things occurring to objects in a house, like objects are being moved a lot. Well, I think it has largely to do with sort of a – uh, telekinetic ability. Um, yeah, physical disturbances. Physical disturbances. And I mean, in, in Poltergeist, the movie, there's the little girl who is largely seen as kind of being, not, maybe not the cause, but definitely a, sort of a, a conduit or some sort of catalyst for these energies. But um, yeah, I think it can just like be like, you know, chairs stacking, you know, or like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, household appliances turning on and off. Right. On or own. just a. Uh, Mm. Exactly. Uh, knockings in the night. Uh, the the word poltergeist, I think in English, means something like noisy spirit or loud ghost. The pol- polka ghost, rumble mm-hmm. ghost. Yes, polka ghost. But uh, but that's interesting because poltergeist uh, had often, at least in folklore, been thought to be haunting a specific person. You know, like a um, often an adolescent girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, uh, like um, I, I think that's how the report goes. That's how the film Poltergeist goes. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe the Bell Witch, which leads us to another interesting point uh, that people have believed for centuries that certain locations or places can be haunted, and that's kind of true. Oh yeah, and not just not just places, and a single object like a trinket, hmm. or I don't know, maybe somebody's jacket. Interesting. And we'll get right back to that after a quick word from our sponsor. Stumbling toward the bus stop after a late night Halloween party, Paul Hoover finds a pair of shoes. He's not sure where the bus stop is when he finds these shoes. He's just sort of walking to where he thinks the stop should be. He's going from memory, perhaps, from a vague, optimistic belief that he can discover the bus stop with nothing but the distant light of downtown skyscrapers to guide him, the same way his ancestors crossed oceans following the stars. The last stretch between Ponce and Iris is unlit. Careful of the puddles flooding the curb, Paul shies away from the street. The drizzle grows, metastasizes. Paul runs beneath a bridge spanning North Avenue, hoping to wait out the storm. He's huddled against the concrete, hiding from the rain, cursing softly at the cars spraying puddles onto the sidewalk as they speed west. He leans against the concrete, wishing for a smoke or an Uber, and he sees the shoes. They're dark leather. Something Italian. They're they're not new, but they seem artfully worn. Expensive. Substantial. His shoes, broken down, paint-smattered Jordans, feel leaky and cheap as he stares at the dress shoes, placed neatly against the concrete wall, heels back, toes facing the street. Paul momentarily imagines some well-dressed revolutionary of bygone days, standing against the wall, fearlessly lighting a last cigarette as he bids his executioners to steady themselves, to remember they are men, to shoot. The water seeping into his Jordans brings Paul back to reality. He regards the dress shoes and wonders, Should I? 
He's just drunk enough to try them on, putting one foot in gingerly, then the next. They fit perfectly. The rain slows back to a drizzle and Paul stumbles into the night, his broken Jordans discarded and forgotten as a passing car throws water across their soles. Paul's beginning to worry he won't find the stop. He's admitting he can't remember the exact location of the bus stop. He's beginning to think he should have called an Uber before his phone died when a car pulls slowly beside him and honks the horn. The window rolls down, revealing a woman Paul doesn't know. She wears a long red scarf, one of those kinds Paul's mom calls an infinity. Hey. She says. Need a ride? Get in. Paul thinks. She's pretty. Who's this? No way am I taking a ride with this weirdo. And these thoughts come to him all at once, tripping over one another like strangers interrupting, like runners in a crowded room, and he's just drunk enough to hop in the car. I'm just headed to the bus stop. The woman doesn't respond, just drives toward the city in silence. She parks along an unfamiliar side street, an alley almost, in the heart of downtown. Where's the bus stop? The woman doesn't answer. She hops out of the car and Paul follows her. Are we near a train station? The woman looks back over her shoulder. Come on. She's heading toward Peachtree, and Paul walks after her into a bar. It's loud. Paul thinks. Louder than it should be. The place is like one long hallway with a pool table at the end. Most of the crowd is in one sort of costume or another. Hey, says a man at the bar chewing on a toothpick. You should watch out, buddy. Coop ain't going to be happy to see you. Who the hell is Coop? Says Paul. The man just turns back to the bar, staring at a rerun of football on the staticky television. Paul's looking around for the woman who... Took me here? He thinks. Abducted me? When another woman walks up to him, she hands him an old-fashioned. You're a sight for sore eyes, babe. She's tall, with long hair and dark eyes. She looks him up and down. Mm, Rough night? Do we know each other? She raises an eyebrow, laughs. (laughs) You always say that. The tall woman leans close to Paul's face. Listen, what do you say we... You cheating bastard, what are you doing in here? Paul turns just in time to raise his hands in defense. The screaming man swings wide, shattering the old-fashioned to the floor. Paul stumbles back, dizzy, heart racing. Coop, don't! Yells the tall woman. Paul's eyes race for something to grab, a pool stick, a bottle, a chair. No one in the bar moves to intervene. It is as if he does not exist. Paul grabs the chair, feeling like a lion tamer. Help! He yells at the bar. Then to the man who must be Coop. Look, dude, I don't know you. You gotta calm down. The man, Coop, draws a gun. Paul throws the chair, knocking Coop to the floor. He glances at the door and sees the woman in the red scarf leaving. He chases her. As they round a corner, he hears the bar door slam, the sound of heavy boots in pursuit. Hey! Yells Paul. Who the hell are you? Help me! The lady in the scarf turns as she opens the car door. I can't. It's too late. A gunshot rings impossibly loud behind Paul, and his vision explodes to red, to white, to black. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. 
Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand. Temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Early the next morning, the medical examiner turns on an audio recorder as he prepares to conduct the autopsy. Okay, let's see what we got here. Unidentified male, late 20s, messy, gunshot wound to the head from the rear. Execution style. A lot of those lately. Another day in paradise, I guess. The examiner pauses before continuing. He takes off one of the corpse's shoes, then the other. He holds them up to the light, brow furrowed, watching the shine of the dark, handmade leather. Huh. He says. You again. Giadorno's fine leather. Stay one step ahead. Giadorno's fine leather is not responsible for any of the following possible side effects. Possession, demonic possession, grand theft auto, aphasia, convulsions, brain fever, compunction, consumption, left-handedness, poltergeist activity, unexplained bouts of telekinesis, phantom limb, athlete's foot, la Verona, ghost hitchhikers, chupacabra, the phantom of the opera, arthritis, les miserables, ectoplasmic excretions. Giadorno's fine leather. Brought to you by Illumination Global Unlimited. Wow, uh, guys, that was not that was not great courses. No, that was uh, that was a pretty um, you know I really feel like uh, old Illumination Global Unlimited's been you know pumping a little more um, a little more Illuminati bucks into those ads. Mm-hmm. Well, did it feel like an ad to you guys? I, I felt like that was a story, and then it was all- an advertorial. Mm-hmm. I'm I don't know. I'm a little scared. 
Well, hey, Don't man. Don't be scared yeah. yet. Don't be scared. Okay. Let's talk more about ghosts. Don't be scared yet. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's talk about, let's talk about something. <laughs> Don't be scared yet. We say, as we're saying, let's also talk about something frightening. Let's talk about famous ghost investigations and hunters. There are, of course, the Warrens, Ed and Lorraine. Uh, they're the, their investigations and some people in our crowd are going to get way overly emotional and furious about us referring to them as investigations. Kind of their word, not ours. It's fine. What, whatever you wish to call them in your own time, uh, we're calling them investigations because they call them cases or investigations. And they have been the basis for several films you might remember, uh, some, in my opinion, better than others. Uh, the Conjuring, The Haunted, Amityville Horror, Haunting in Connecticut, Annabelle. The Haunting 3, The Haunting. Haunting in Connecticut 2. Haunting in Newark. <laughs> Wait, what? I've never heard of that. New one. Jersey. <laughs> okay. Hartford, The Hartford Haunt. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they, the stuff that they did remains a controversial legacy. There are people who are completely, completely convinced that the Warrens had a particular skill with exorcising demons, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there are other people who believe that the Warrens were essentially con artists. Uh, yeah, it's it's tough. It's it's a tough thing to prove, but it's also a um, it's a tough thing to even have a conversation about if you really believe in any of this stuff. So I apologize to anyone who really believes. We're not trying to just say that you're wrong. We just want to find the avenue to the truth, right? That's where, that's what we're doing. Well, it's sort of like proving or disproving someone's religion. You know, I mean, sure, it's, it's a belief, pretty right? much impossible, you know? Uh, uh, yeah, they're not going to. And, and, and the, the frame of reference for having that conversation means everything. You know, if totally. you're trying to like convert somebody to believing in ghost spiritual disturbances, believing that you are a successful ghost hunter, if that person isn't already on the same page as you, it's going to be pretty difficult. And there are also, you know, the, there's more than one type of ghost hunter. We should be completely, completely clear about that. There are people who believe that they are encountering something through an inexplicable natural ability, like a medium, the, the power of a medium, right? And there are people who believe that the power of a religion allows uh, the um, the cleansing or the exorcism of someone. Like a priest. Yeah, like a priest, mm-hmm. uh, some unhelpful unhel- spirit. And then you will also hear people say that you should smudge a house or burn it with sage to purify it, right? Uh, but then there are people who rely more on the technical side, and they say, let us see these drops in temperature or see if there's anything odd on these cameras, right? Uh, and then there are people who go in entirely uh, to say, this is this is wrong. This BS. You are either willfully ignorant or you are purposefully swindling um, at yourself when people report it. Um, and then there are people who are more in the, I guess, in the middle. And that brings us to the. Here's where it gets crazy. Part of the show because there there are various theories explaining ghost sightings that are not necessarily you know. My dead grandfather came back because he knows I stole his Playboys. True story. No. Well, the Playboy part. Dude, just for the articles, though. Right, yeah. No, uh, Shel Silverstein is published in there. It's pretty good. 
Uh, he has a poem about meeting the devil, actually. I know that one. Yeah, it's a pretty good. It's intense. Huh? Yeah, that's yeah. Good, what was it called? Oh, no. sorry, I just I, I haven't thought about that in forever. That's I a can't really, remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have to look back and tell you. But so we'll we'll get back to that poem. We'll bring it up. Um, but so some of these, let's get past some of the easy ones that people have heard before. Like there's a hallucination due to perhaps a physiological injury or mental instability. Um, no, Matt and I alluded to that a little bit earlier when we're listing possible mm-hmm. causes. You could have things like the stru- their structural damage of some sort or just some unexplicable uh, noises that are occurring, maybe from, from pipes, let's say, or from the air conditioner making noises. Don't be so silly, Martha. It's only the wind. Maybe. <laughs> or the raccoons in the attic. Twas but apples falling from the tree. <laughs> Get rid of the raccoons in the attic and then put that one in. Sorry. Twas simply a bag of hands dropping one by one onto the floor. It was an acorn. Yes. <laughs> it was a different time. But that's absolutely true. It's very easy to misidentify things. Can I, before we get into the real meat of this, can I just tell you guys one of my least favorite horror movie tropes? Please. Thank you. Because if you said no, we would have just kept going. But I despise it. When there's a haunted house situation and there's that one person who not only doesn't believe that the house is haunted, but has to be a prick about it. I, that always bothers me because I feel like it's such a metaphor for all these other unacknowledged problems that people have or stand in. You know, like, uh, you're, you're in a relationship and you got, uh, your partner's best friend like hates you and you know it and it's obvious. And you're like, hey, your best friend hates me and we shouldn't hang out with them. And then they're like, oh, no, 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 no. You don't, you, you just don't get Daphne or whatever. No offense to anybody whose name is Daphne. I just pulled that out of the uh, ether. Seriously, sorry, Daphne. Yeah, so that's that's just the, the rant because you've probably had this happen at some point in your life where you feel like you are telling somebody something terrible is happening, something very bad is happening, and they're going, oh, man. But you yeah, calm it's, down. A, it's a it's a comment on denial, I think, and we all go through different versions of that throughout our lives. Uh, well, I mean, usually in those films, the the person who believes the most is the person that's rewarded, you know, in terms oh, of yeah. survival. That's you know? true. Well, so so you think you think it's going to work out with me and Daphne? Or I hope so, man. Thanks, She's man. a nice gal. Says you. Well, <laughs> anyway, okay. So I don't. I I'm sorry that we picked this. Tra- Stranger's name. Oh, man. If your name is Daphne, write in. I'll I'll write back and apologize. Uh, But we have one other explanation. And this is by no means the only explanation. But we have one thing that proves how a locale, an area, a house, if you will, uh, can be haunted. And it's crazy. Yes, it's certainly unexpected, I would say. And should we just hop right into it? I think we should. This okay. is a fun one. Okay. So what if the ghost that you're seeing or you thought you saw or you thought you heard, what if it was just a low-frequency vibration causing your mind and your eyes to play tricks on your brain? See, 
That's a great question. I, I gotta say though, I don't like the use of just, cause I still think this is amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is like a debunking thing. Okay, yes, you're right. I do not mean to downplay the coolness that the vibrations, uh, that the effect is. The effect itself is very cool. Well, I just, I also don't, okay, I'm, I already used up my one soapbox for the show, but I am gonna say, I don't think that the existence of low-frequency vibrations or infrasound necessarily means that that is the only thing at play. Sure, it's one explanation for a possibility. Or, right? or what if what if the vibrations somehow hit a resonant frequency in your brain that allow you to perceive different things? Or what if ghosts cause vibrations? Yeah, I don't know how. It's a whole ball of wax. <laughs> Let's roll it back just a couple of notches here. All right, yeah, what, what are we talking about? What is about? interesting? <laughs> What, what are we talking yeah, about? Let's, let's, uh, so, so there's this paper by uh, a man named Vic Tandy, who's a university lecturer at uh, Coventry University. And the title of the paper is The Ghost in the Machine. And I'll just give you a little preview of it by reading the abstract. I think this does a really nice job uh, of kind of summing up what this is about, which I guess is what mm. the abstract is supposed to do. So it, well done, sir. Um, <laughs> in this paper, we outline an as yet undocumented natural cause for some cases of ostensible haunting. Using the first author's own experience as an example, we show how a 19 hertz standing airwave may, under certain conditions, create sensory phenomena suggestive of a ghost. The mechanics and physiology of this, quote, ghost in the machine, end quote, effect is outlined. Spontaneous case researchers are encouraged to rule out this potential natural explanation for paranormal experience in future cases of the haunting or poltergeistic type, which I think is a very thoughtful thing to put there in the abstract. It's like he's saying, hey, we did the study that explained this thing, so doing you a solid, ghost hunters, rule this out when Mm -hmm. you're looking for actual paranormal phenomenon because this it ain't that well yeah because in the introduction of that paper it lists all the different things that a quote-unquote ghost hunter or someone who's trying to study these things should uh first thing eliminate all of this yeah, eliminate every one of yeah. these here's a new one here's what it's like that's what this paper is i just about. think it's cool because this 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 fellow is coming at this from a very you know, research, scientific-oriented place. And collaborative. Collaborative as well. But he's giving a nod. He's not, like, being a jerk about yes. it. You know, he's yeah. totally, like, saying, hey, I'm not saying that what you guys do is is bunk. You know, in fact, use this research that we have done to help further your efforts. And I, th- I don't know, usually people that are coming from a very um, academic place tend to be a little more snooty about things like that. So I just thought that was interesting. It can it can happen. The the science behind it is, is so compelling because it it, it uses also some uh, research from NASA. Okay, so uh, let's whew, all right, as the Mad Hatter said to somebody at the tea party, we'll start at the beginning, go through the middle and stop. And uh, and the three of us uh, are pretty familiar with this story, so we'll just pass the ball around. Uh, and you might have heard this as well, audience members, especially if you, too, are intrigued by the investigation of the ghost. So this guy, Vic Tandy, wasn't always a university lecturer. As a matter of fact, at one point in his life, he was working in a laboratory, making a medical manufacturer, right? And uh, this laboratory, I just like saying it that way, uh, had a reputation. It was haunted. Oh, yeah. 
super haunted, in fact. People were seeing things, feeling things, hearing things with no explanation. So let's talk a little bit about the room. The room's about 10 feet wide by 30, 30 feet deep, 30 feet long. And there are doors at one end. Picture like a garage. And then at the other end, uh, there's, uh, some, there's some windows and there's like a cleaning bay on the other side of those windows. Vic Tandy, not exactly a, um, superstitious guy. You know what I mean? Friday the 13th is just another day before Saturday to him. And, uh, he notices, uh, this, this is pretty interesting. He's also an am, uh, I don't know if he's amateur. So, t- uh, Vic, if you're listening, don't get mad at us, but he has an interest in fencing and he doesn't know what's going on with his, these reports of this ghost. He knows that he's had some uncomfortable feelings before where he's got that, uh, what's that song? I always feel like. Somebody's watching me. Yeah, yeah, he has that moment, and um, and and frequently for a skeptical person. So he um, he's trying to explain what's going on. It's like, could this really be a ghost, man? That's crazy. And he's got some coworkers that are a little more sold on the idea that are bringing this to him and saying, "Hey, this is legit. I've had these experiences," and you know he can connect with them. In a sense, which is making him, you know, think about this. What could be the cause? What's the rational explanation? Mm-hmm. You know, for example, I think there was a story, uh, where there was like a hose or something that was moving around. They've got like a cleaning hose and he attributed it to changes in, uh, in pressure, you know, cause this place is, it's an industrial type setup. So they've got some high pressure sure. you know, water and air mm-hmm. systems in there. You know, there's different things that can happen. Changes in pressure in the, in the pipes, you know, can cause creaking sounds, you know, expanding and contracting of metal. Metal, things like that. That's that, that's where his mind is going. Absolutely. And so he is using some lab equipment to uh, ready one of his fencing foils, you know, the swords, right? Mm-hmm. And that's when he sees the, the foil itself just vibrating. No discernible cause. Well, that doesn't make any sense, right? Why would there be some kind of air disruption causing this foil to move? Especially one that you can't just readily sense yourself exactly you can't hear anything mm-hmm. i mean what what's the answer ghosts like cats do they just like to smack things you know yes something a little bit different though right matt so at this point vic tandy is on the hunt for what the heck is causing this vibration in his laboratory well <laughs> and he finds that there is a uh you might have to help me out with this spin it's uh, a fan that's causing this or a, a vent a new yeah there's there's a there's a fan a fan duct i believe mm-hmm. and uh this duct is emitting a very low frequency sound and it's emitting it in what's called a standing wave. So this is really cool. This is when. Well, you can you explain a, a standing wave? Yeah. Well, I mean, this in this case, the, the a wave. You know, sound is measured in waveforms. If you've ever done any audio editing or recording, you see um, audio represented in a series of peaks and valleys. So it sort of looks like um, almost like waves on the ocean. Honestly, there's peaks mm-hmm. and then there's troughs, um, but different items 
vibrate at different frequencies. And so what was happening with the foil was that this vent or this fan was emitting a wave that was the precise or very close to the precise frequency, resonant frequency uh. of the actual blade. So it's sort of like um, if you had a piano string or a guitar string, for example, and you uh, had another object or item that was creating a vibration that was at the same frequency as that string, it would cause the string to vibrate in tandem with the other source. So right. that was basically what was happening. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what's so strange about that is that this is not a sound humans can consciously hear. Yeah, so low on the scale there, uh, scale of hertz. But our, our bodies can see our, our bodies seemingly respond to it by the way i have found i've been doing some experimentation for the video for this week and yeah. you i think it's 20 around 21 or 22 hertz uh-huh you can hear it with these sennheisers um at least uh, if it's what i have found you can kind of make it out you can't hear it necessarily but you feel that something is happening with your headphones Does it when freak it's you out? It freaks me out. So what I'm going to do, if you haven't already watched the video, there's going to be a uh, 20 hertz just tone going throughout the entire episode. And I tested it on some subwoofers. I don't think it's going to hurt anybody. But it should, if there's any truth to this, mm-hmm. give you an eerie feeling while you're watching it. You know, when the Mythbusters did an episode on this uh, this frequency, they, they found that they had... Um, they had people saying that they had a sense of unease, you know, like a whole body feeling. So that's what, that's what we find because not only is this 18 to 20 hertz, um, range that the fan was in, uh, resonant to that fencing foil. NASA found that this is around the same resonant frequency of the human eye, which could explain then how you might see smudges in your vision. Shadow people. Yeah, you turn left really quickly, and all of a sudden, oh, who's that? There was someone standing there. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. there was. Maybe there was, but maybe there wasn't. Uh, the 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 thing that is interesting about this is Tandy figures out this is a standing wave, and that's why it's concentrated more right in one place than in another. And he gets uh, he gets one of the foreman or construction workers to replace the fan, and then boom. Exorcism complete. This is the nicest lab I've ever been in. I want to stay here all the time. So what we learn from that is that there are places in the world that may naturally be haunted, but not necessarily by sentient entities, instead by sounds. And it's really cool. It still creates the same feeling of being haunted. So it's almost like another, it's almost, in some ways, it's similar to a Turing test, you know? Like, totally. uh, <laughs> is the haunted Turing test. Has it fooled you into thinking it's a ghost? Then how can we distinguish it from an actual ghost? I don't know. I, I'm, I love that. I think I'm being overly philosophical. No, no, I love that. So in the Tandy case, uh, they did trace it to a particular fan, and they investigated, and once they turned the fan off, mm-hmm. the standing wave disappeared, and this feeling of unease um, dissipated. The second question that they had still that was left unresolved was... Why did this 
make people feel a certain way, make people feel uneasy. And uh, they quote another uh, bit of research that they discovered in trying to answer this. Um, and they, they cite it as a book by Tempest, 1976. I'm not 100% sure what that means, but uh, you can look it up in the study Ghost in the Machine, or the paper Ghost in the Machine is available online in PDF. For um, free. For free, yeah. So, quote, noise consultants were asked to examine one of a group of bays in a factory where workers reported feeling uneasy. The bay had an oppressive feel, not present in the adjacent areas, although the noise level appeared the same. Management, workers, and consultants were all aware of the unusual atmosphere, and on investigation, it was found that low-frequency sound was present at a slightly higher level than in other bays. However, the actual frequency of the offending noise was not obvious. The cause of the noise was a fan in the air conditioning system. Workers in a university radiochemistry building experienced the same oppressive feeling together with dizziness when the fan in a fume cupboard was switched on. Conventional soundproofing had reduced the audible sound to the point where there was hardly any difference in the noise when the fan was on as off. The situation affected some people so much they refused to work in the lab. It was concluded the low-frequency component of the sound was responsible. And that's a pretty good way for us to end it today. I think we would like to hear uh, some of your ghost stories, listeners, uh, and how you can or cannot explain them. Because I, I have a few, to be honest, in my, in my personal life that I, I still am at a loss to explain. I don't know what happened. Well, I'm jealous. I've yet to have anything of the sort, and I'm actively looking for it. So, ghosts, I call to you, I call to you. What? What do I? What? How do you do it? I summon thee. Sure. I, th- I think. I think it's like if you turn off the lights and say Bloody Mary three times in the mirror, you'll get yeah, the you drink. Don't, don't say that. Dude, I don't tried that, that so many times in elementary school and still never got a drink. Not did even you ever, did, you ever, did you ever do Candyman? Get some candy. <laughs> tried that. <laughs> tried it all, man. Did so, you really? Oh, yeah. I, I do want to apologize. So that uh, that quote that I read, I, I just looked in the site and the, and the sources in the. Um, Paper and it's a, a someone named W. Tempest, 1976. The book is called Infrasound and Low Frequency Vibration, ah. um, Academic Press, London. So. Mm. Uh, oh. That makes me think too about the the brown note and the uh, the alleged brown note and the um, the non lethal. That's my DJ name, by the way. DJ Brown Note. Yeah. You changed it. Yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah, sure. It's for the kids. Mm-hmm. All right. So. This brings us to these other ideas, the effects that low-frequency sounds can have on the human mind. We don't have too much time to get into it today, but if you're interested, let us know, because uh, we can tell you that Vic Tandy and a few other um, few other academic researchers are not the only ones poking into these effects on the human mind, not by far, not by a long shot. Uh, so let us know uh, if you would like to hear more about that. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, where we are Conspiracy Stuff. You can uh, go there to see some stories that don't make it to the air for one reason or another. Uh, you can always check out every podcast we have ever done on our website, StuffTheyDon'tWantYouToKnow.com. And that's the end of this classic episode. If you have any thoughts or questions about this episode, You can get into contact with us in a number of different ways. One of the best is to give us a call. Our number is 1-833-STDWYTK. If you don't want to do that, you can send us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.